Hey, Pie Tribe, buckle up for a new episode of the Passive Income Examiner, the number one podcast for budding entrepreneurs and business owners looking to diversify their income with passive strategies. Welcome to season two, focused on building successful online businesses with evergreen marketing solutions. I'm your host, Lindsay Sutherland. Thanks for joining me. Hey, Pie Tribe, welcome back to another awesome episode today. I'm excited to bring you a phenomenal guest, Josh Dietrich. He's a serial entrepreneur who's started and sold two Amazon businesses for eight-figure exits. I'm. This is just going to be a riveting conversation, I could tell already. Josh, thanks so much for joining us. So grateful you're here. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Lindsay. Definitely. We'll start out by just sharing a little bit about yourself here with the audience and let us get to know you a little bit. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I actually... Uh, I'm a Midwest guy, grew up in a small town in Iowa, and at the age of 18, I had leave town, and I was out of here. So I, I moved from Iowa to Minnesota to start a video broadcasting career and, and thought that would be real exciting traveling around, you know, being in front of camera and doing video stuff, and quickly realized, I, I don't know why I was doing that, because uh, while working in college, I was, I was at Best Buy going to school and working, and I just fell in love with the sales process and people, and so... The, the quick idea of becoming a video broadcasting guy led me to really quickly starting to, to understand that engaging with people, building relationships and making an, a living from selling things was, was my passion. Well, that passion led to, you know, just selling something to then understanding business and how to build business. I went from doing sales in the store to sales at the corporate office. And that's why I learned how to pick up the phone, do cold calling and sort of understand supply chain. And, and that, that piece for me was like a seven year blur, but it was, it was an amazing decision. I only give credit for college for the fact that it brought me to Minnesota where eventually I met my wife and, you know, uh, ventured into the entrepreneurial journey. The, the cool part, I left Best Buy uh, after seven, almost eight years to a small company, e-commerce startup. Uh, I started doing things on the side for him and the opportunity came to go full-time. So it was a big sacrifice. Like at the time we only had two kids. My wife was working and driving into, into the city and I had to, this new opportunity allowed me to drive a hundred miles one way. And then I would spend the night there you know, and I had young kids and I would drive back and, but it was cool. That experience allowed me to grow it to over a hundred people with $50 million in revenue. And that's where really things started to make sense. I, I product sourcing, technology, marketing, SEO, you know, all things, all aspects of, of e-commerce and digital marketing. But I had the itch, Lindsay, I, I couldn't scratch. I couldn't figure it out. And it was really about time when I said, you know, I figured out this Amazon thing. We were selling e-commerce, you know, thousands of different products. We had a, a building and a team. But I realized through the evolution in around 2010, let's say, um, 2010 was the old school day of you just sold other people's products. Um, you know, mid-2015, 16, 17, you know, people started developing products uh, of their own brand, you know, sort of the way Walmart would do their great value brand next to the major national brand or even targets up and up next to the Advil, you know, in the target store. And so we did that with water filters. So we would sell, you know, GE and Samsung and Frigidaire water filters, but we were able to then position our brand in front of those water filters as a lower cost alternative, the way target and Walmart did. So that concept really resonated with me. And, you know, I was always a dabbler in e-commerce and I thought, geez, Maybe e-commerce is it for me, but I was working in an environment with 100, 100 people and we were focused on growth. So it, it never seemed like I enjoyed 
the slowdown. I never, it never seemed like I enjoyed what we built. It was always grind, 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 grind for the next thing. Right. But for me, it was, I wanted to do my own thing for the unlimited upside and the freedom of time. And, uh, my family grew, you know, and, and now it's five kids and three dogs and, and it's crazy, but the journey was corporate America to how do I escape driving all this way for this, for this business, for this guy, when I'm very capable of doing it myself. And so I, I challenged myself to just say, you know, let's put in the time and the effort. And that became a side hustle that turned into a real amazing opportunity. And so really quick highlights on that. And, and, you know, probably 12 to 18 months, I was working full-time managing a team of like 10, uh, all in e-commerce building new products, but at nights and weekends, I'd go at the end of my bed and I'd be researching new products, looking for sources in China. And I really started this idea of like, if I can sell a water filter next to other brand, I can sell anything next to the other national brand by having a great listing, doing the right keyword research, understanding the market and the competitor landscape. And that allowed me to say, I'm going to try a product. So found a product, had a harebrained idea. It was Keurig to scaling solution. So if you have a coffee machine or, or like a Keurig, you have to every six months or three months, somewhere in there, depending on your usage, run citric acid through it to reduce the hardness minerals buildup. And so here's a good example, $12.99, you know, a bottle of liquid that sold at Target. It was a one-time cleaning. I said, there's got to be a better way to do this. I could probably make it more concentrated. I could probably make it, you know, lighter. So instead of doing 14 ounces, maybe I'll do eight ounces. So it'll weigh less and I can ship it for cheaper. But I did a, you know, you can do two cleanings for the cost of the one or even cheaper. So I launched a $10.99 product next to the $12.99 product. And mine was two uses versus their one. And it was like, whoa, this worked. This worked. I sold 70 of them the first week. And so while doing this corporate job and this side hustle, uh, about 12 months later or so, I said, it's probably time to leave. And I'd replaced my income there. I put the money in the bank and it was time to really scale up. So we did that and grew that business to over 10 million over the last five, six years. And just recently last March, uh, we exited for nearly $10 million. So it went from this, you know, work for the man, hustle, work really hard to building a business around my terms, prioritizing the things that are important to me, my faith, my family, and then obviously doing what I love is work, but it doesn't define who I am. And so learning about that and finding ways to replace my time with, with other resources that could help me, you know, do that work was, was key. So that's a quick little version. Maybe it's a little longer than I hope, but uh, you know, what do you think? Hey, really quick, I just want to interrupt this amazing episode to remind you about an incredible sale that Kajabi is offering right now. If you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, then you know I love Kajabi. I've tried so many other platforms, but one thing I love about Kajabi is its user-friendly interface, not only for the people like you getting ready to build your online business, but also for your customer. One of the biggest challenges that I faced with some of the other programs was that I wasn't getting the click-through rates that I wanted. And the reason was because it was cumbersome. Some things required two or three clicks before they could even get access to 
the item I was offering. It was ridiculous. Finally, I said enough of this and I started all over with Kajabi. Don't make the same mistake I did and end up switching all of your links and landing pages and all the hard work you've done midstream. It's so much easier to start with the end in mind. And now, friends, you can try Kajabi for $5 for the first five weeks. This is the best time to give it a try and experience it for yourself. Click the link in the show notes and take a test drive with Kajabi on behalf of the Passive Income Examiner. And don't wait, this offer ends May 25th. I think it's amazing. And I especially (laughs) love, I'm like over here just like in rapt attention because, you know, it's one of those stories that, is realistic, right? We don't, you know, there's so much out there just saying, oh, just do this and you'll make 10 million overnight. And it's like, well, not really. But also the fact that you, even, even though you had the skill set, it's, it's a realistic example, example of what life is like. You know, a lot of people have a skill set that they are using to bless other people, right? Through their job, like they're working hard to make other people rich. And yet we often doubt our own ability. And so we have to get on our little band legs and try it out and see how it goes and then take that risk. And that's exactly what you did. Obviously it worked out, but it's really cool how also, I love your idea of the, the water. I like how your store was all water oriented. It was obviously very a niche uh, targeted thing, which is cool too. And I want to dive into kind of why maybe you did that, but definitely it was a great story. It's just wonderful. I'm totally happy you're, you're here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's, as I look at the evolution, like you're exactly right. Like to think about confidence and, and, you know, when someone is secure in who they are and what they do, that doesn't happen overnight. That's learning, right? Learning about yourself, learning about your interests, learning about your passions. And I've always found that if you follow the passions that you have naturally, right? Like my kid, follows his passion of basketball. He runs outside, he shoots all kinds of hoops all the time. You never have to push him to go to basketball. Um, but baseball, on the other hand, it's like, oh, really, dad? Do I have to go to baseball? I'm the coach. And it's like the most frustrating thing. So, but the, the cool part is like, maybe maybe your passions never lead to making money, but it's a passion, right? But that's the point you, you take at bats. Little by little, we all do this. And so for me, it was like those first relationships that I had, the ability to navigate sales and learn business and how to frame deals and how to structure a way to buy product and sell product and build accounting systems. Like I was paid to learn that, right? I could never have done what I've done without making mistakes on someone else's dime. And so while I made that other guy millions of dollars, I'll tell you, there's a month that I, that it cost him about a hundred grand. Like I literally spent $200,000 in advertising that month you know, running his business, but like maybe a hundred grand of that was negative profit because we were spending more than we had in profit to, to, to sell those items. And so if you follow that, that interest, that natural inclination driven you towards, I'm curious, how does that work? Maybe I can do that. Like little by little, we do this, it builds confidence. And that's the way I am. I'm a DIY guy. How does this work? You know, school wasn't for me, but I'm a very talk about, you know, niche if I can go focus on something, I feel like I would rather learn everything there is to know about this thing. And then that gives me an edge that allows me to do something very unique and very good, as opposed to a whole bunch of things that I'm kind of, you know, okay at. 
and I still like that. I still like the rod, but just continuing to try that. And for me, it was like, Oh, I, I need to find a way to, to make money. Other people have done that. Like, I just don't want to have to, you know, punch the clock. And I loved what I did, but I worked way too many hours for somebody else. And that's, yeah. that's bottom line. Well, and you were driving so far. I can't even believe you stayed there that long, to be honest. That takes real dedication. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll be honest. Uh, my, my priorities are wrong, uh, you know, but hindsight's twenty twenty. Like my wife and I joke about this all the time. Like that sacrifice for our family was, was terrible at the time, like for many, many years. Um, and now we do get to reap and see the benefits of that now and our life structure and how we think about what we do and what we want to achieve. Like, ser- like you mentioned before, serving others, you can still do that in, in your own capacity, but now I have more time to serve my wife, to serve my family, um, to, to build a business that allows to serve others. And, and so now we're helping others that are in the e-commerce space, building, scaling their business. But the next kind of step is the one that people don't always think about is, oh, there's actually a value to the business I bought. This is an asset that can be sold. It's not just providing an income anymore. And so I spent years trying to figure out how to build an income, but then get this, this is the weird paradigm shift. Boom, you sell. And all of a sudden you go, oh, I don't have an income. (laughs) You go, how do I make my money, my employee and work for me, right? And so, so it's a really weird paradigm. Like every month I, you know, pay for groceries and the 10 gallons of milk we go through in our house a week, whatever that is. Um, it's, it's on borrowed money. Like I'm, I'm learning to do what the billionaires do now. I'm not a billionaire. I don't know if that's, it's probably possible perhaps for me, but like, that's not my goal. But if I can use my gifts, my talents and create more time and focus on the right opportunities, I can level up and scale up and then build you know, an infrastructure around me that can support all of that daily activity. So it frees up margin in my head to think, to do more. Okay. We are going into a whole new level of thought process. (laughs) And I want to unpack this because this is so critical. We're literally talking about the mindset of the rich and how I'm just so intrigued by this because, you know, oftentimes when you think about it from the perspective of just a regular Joe, right, we're all out there working, All we want is that next step of, oh man, I just wish I could just work from home, right? Maybe that's the first step. Then the next step is, okay, now I want to grow this. Maybe I want to work less hours. Maybe I want to be able to take a few extra vacations, right? We're just reaching for that just a little bit more, but imagine if we didn't have to just reach for a little bit more. What if our big goal was huger than that, but what mindset shift would have to take place in order for that to happen? And I believe we have to make that mindset shift in the beginning in order to really get to that point, because otherwise we won't even ask ourselves what's possible. And so I'm really excited about what you're saying, because it's so, it's such a good visual for people to be like, here's a guy who went from working full-time for somebody else, doing the grind, hustling it out to, oh my goodness, now I just made $10 million. And if I could just, I could just keep buying milk. And blow through 10 million, right? Or somehow I better figure out how to make this money work for me, or I'm going to have to go back to that hustle. So what do I do next? And what an interesting point in your life to be at. And like, I'm just curious if if there's any insight or maybe some wisdom that you've gotten through that, that can maybe help others. Yeah. I mean, I tell you what, it, it comes back to a lot of it is the sales goal, you know, that I used to have to have, right? So for example, 
it's just all about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Like in the beginning, we all have our needs to have food, water, and, and then it's shelter, right? And then it's love. And then it's like, you know, success, emotional, and then it's self-actualization, meaning I can do anything to my fullest potential. Well, not all of us have the same potential. I am not Elon Musk. I do not have the interest or the capacity probably to think about Mars. Let's just be honest. Like maybe I'm not that, but there are parts of that guy and there are parts of this other guy and this other guy, you know, that have done things that anybody could have done. And so what makes them different? And then you talk about mindset. Well, it's, it's a lot of things, right? It's habits. So mindset, if we reverse, reverse engineer this, like where do we want to end up? And so I had started with that. My wife and I, we sat down when we first got married and discussed our goals. And for us, it was like, we want to build a family. You know, we want to have our home and we want to grow into our home and we want to have a lake place that we can take our family to and travel. Right. But those things require time and money. And so when you, when you plan for that, you think about, well, this is hard. How am I ever going to do this? If I'm working weekends at retail, how am I ever going to do this? If, you know, I I'm working 50, 60 hours a week. And then whenever I try to go on vacation, I'm still working on vacation. Like, you know, you, these little things that, you know, will happen. But if you think out what utopia looks like, or let's just call it realistic, realistic goals, of for me, it was we want to be able to have a choice. And that choice is where we spend our time and where we spend our money. And, and when you have those choices, the need for money, when you have money is less of a concern. You know, I don't have to worry about solving how to get the money. I'm, I have to just think about how I use money and how I use time, not where it's coming from. Right. So reverse engineering that meant for me that I needed to start something. I needed to get something going. It needed to be a side hustle. I needed my full-time job. I have family to feed. I have a mortgage to pay, but I need something that doesn't require my full attention 24 hours a day. And so, you know, I got involved in an Amway business, which is, which is pretty cool when you think about the recurring revenue, the passive income that comes with that. And it truly is because you can stop doing what you're doing and watch the money roll in. Well, in e-commerce, it, it can be both. We, we had a brief chat before this, and, and I think that there's a misnomer on Amazon and e-commerce that it is just passive. Well, there's a lot of work on the front end. And if you only launch one product and let it sit, yeah, it can be passive for a day or two. You know, you might have a couple issues to deal with and, and that's okay, right? We have life, but you get a lot more time back. So, we have two things going on here. We have a mindset around getting time back, but another mindset around having money work for you. And that money working for you was never something I thought about until a year ago. So it's our journey along the way that we learn. But if we don't map out the chart for our goals with realistic ways to get there, we'll never get there. But I think you're right. It starts with that itch. I want to just maybe work from home more. I want to have a little more time with my family. I want to make a little bit more money, you know? But the grind gets you there. It's that repeat. I love the I love the analogy of just, you know, atomic habits or, you know, scaling up where you're doing things in routine subconsciously so your brain doesn't have to think, right? So if you have good routines on the things that are good habits, you have capacity not to think about what you're doing, but 
to think about other things. And so having good infrastructure at home, having good systems in place with for your bills, for how you handle your laundry, like these are basic principles that I haven't mastered, but it's, it's great because you get to choose where you're spending your time. And if you're spending too much time doing laundry because you have five kids, then maybe you should uh, work out a system with your wife and how to share the laundry duty. Or maybe you can hire a service called Loopy that comes out to your house, picks up your laundry and returns it 24 hours later folded, right? So these things become real as we learn them out and, and, and live them out. Mm-hmm. I love it. This is great. Okay. Well, let's get into the nitty gritty about Amazon. Like also PS, I just want to say this for the listeners that are, that are thinking about getting into Amazon. I mean, I'm asking you and Josh is, is here to help us open up our mind to something bigger than just creating an Amazon store. Like we're thinking big picture here, join us in that thought and that don't just create the store to create the income, to replace the income that you're hustling for. Right. Let's think, how can we build something up strategically and have that big picture in mind of, man, what if we could get this going and then sell it and repeat, right? Let's really scale. So let's talk about that. Like, what does the process look like for somebody who maybe is just sitting there thinking about e-commerce and now we want to blow their minds (laughs) and think about now, what if I started that store and then I could sell it? What, how does that even work? Yeah, I think for, for me, it was trying to figure out, like, I understood the the daily activity and economics perhaps of what it meant to source a product or find a product source a product launch the product on the website and then manage the advertising and watch the sales roll in well set six seven years ago we could launch a product and be profitable you could be profitable practically in the first month you would spend more money on advertising but you could be profitable as long as you sold an item now it's scary because it takes real guts. And, and the more confidence you have because you've done it gives you more guts, which what that means for me is if we launch a new product today, Lindsay, it might cost us ten to $15,000 to buy that first product and get it here. And we may or may not make money for six, nine, 12 months. So right after we sold last March was about the time we said, as we preparing to sell, we're going to start a new brand. So in the last... 12 months, we sold basically 12 months ago. Our brand, our new brand that we launched is doing about 130, 150 grand a month that we just launched last year. And that's with like 50 products because we're investing, we're investing, investing. We're in that mode. We lost $200,000 on a new brand the first year. That's the mindset we're in now, as opposed to someone who's listening. So think about this. If you know there's an exit, right? So yeah, great. It's, it's good to have your time back. It's good to have your money. Well, that money comes in only if you continue to sell. And for us, it was like, let's grow this thing knowing we wanted to sell at some point. So we watched the valuations. We, we, we tracked valuations. F, uh, VFBABroker.com, for anyone looking at Amazon, tracks the market's valuations on e-commerce businesses. We saw them go for two times profit as a selling price, right? So if you're making 100000 a year, they were going for only 200,000. You could sell it. And that's not that exciting. Like, Oh, I just doubled my income by selling it. Well, over the last year in 2022, 2021, people are getting five, six, seven times what their profit was. Right. And so now that hundred thousand dollar business is a five, six, $700,000 exit. So in our case, we built a business doing 1.6 million in profit. And so, you know, that was, Great, but to get times two, it's like, oh, that's kind of cool. 
But when you times it by five or times it by six, you go, wow, this is real money, right? So now if you know that now, that maybe five years of hard work could put you into position to see a two or three or $4 million check or even a $10 million check is pretty amazing, right? So working backwards, it's like, what are my goals? Well, if I sold for a million and I paid 40% in taxes, that's a lot of money to pay the taxes. And the money that's left over, I probably can't retire on, right? So it's all about understanding how you live, how you want to live, and what it takes to support your current lifestyle. And if if building something and selling it can expedite that, like I've always had a dream of being a part of the, you know, the fire community, financially independent, retire early. Like, wow. But I tell you, it's boring because I call my other 38-year-old friends and they're working, right? So what I do is I go play pickleball with people that are, you know, like you, if you're, if you're from Arizona, you know about pickleball. I'm playing with 60, 70, 80 year olds because they're the only guys retired. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not retired. I'm really engaged in work, but it's about mindset and thinking about, well, what am I going to do next anyway? And it's, it's about the journey. Like, it's not about where we get to. It's good to define the, where we want to be. But how we get there makes us stronger, makes us more confident, makes us more relevant. Um, and so, yeah, I encourage people to think, to start in the beginning with just thinking about it. And what does that look like? Could I actually do this? And I spent months brainstorming on a brand. I spent months researching the right product. But at the same time, I had a bias for action. Like if I saw something, I'm going to go. I knew I wanted to get started. And the only way this could ever do something was if I got started and I failed this, this isn't the ring I wear, but one of my failed ventures was tungsten rings imported from China. You know, uh, the first three months I was, it was okay. A few bucks here and there on Amazon. Then I realized, wow, the ring that I was buying for $4 that I thought I could sell for a hundred is selling for $10 on Amazon. That's probably not going to work by the time I import it, right? Failures. I bought jerseys from China and I drove around the, the stadium here in Minnesota trying to sell jerseys. And I tried it. I tried it. I tried it. Like having a plan, thinking about how you're going to get there, running through the details, researching, asking friends, get connected with mentors, right? So you want to dive more in on one specific because I kind of went specific and then I went a little broad. So bring <laughs> Actually, back I have reality. some questions. Yeah. So yeah. first of all, one question is, have you ever done e-commerce outside of Amazon? Like what about Shopify or what about like maybe just starting? I mean, I don't know, but like I, I was watching a YouTuber recently and she had talked about like creating swag and doing t-shirts and not necessarily through Amazon because, you know, there's so many other platforms. Is there any reason why you haven't like looked at other platforms or you've stuck primarily to Amazon? No, it's an amazing question because the answer is yes, we actually have. So the business that was water filters was brick and mortar retail. Um, so we was wholesale. We were selling to stores that sold in the, in the store. It was like 90% e-commerce, 10% wholesale. But then we sold on Walmart, Home Depot, Wayfair, Bed Bath & Beyond, um, Target.com, eBay, right? Multi-channel. We also built our own sites. And so the reality is to that question is YouTubers have a captive audience already. They already have a brand. They already have an audience. They have a following. They have subscribers. They don't need an Amazon store because they have their own Amazon store. They have a captive audience, right? Amazon is a platform for that captive audience to shop. 
Now, if I'm launching a product and I want to show up for Keurig to scaling solution, I want to be relevant for that keyword. So yes, I'm going to be on Amazon. I want to be where people are shopping, but people type that same word into Google. They type that same word into Walmart. They type that same word into Target. So for me, yes, diversifying and understanding multi-channel is real. With all that work, time, effort, I've come to realize that the juice isn't always worth the squeeze, right? So Walmart, for example, you can't just have Amazon do your fulfillment. Walmart does not want you, you know, using Amazon do fulfillment. Therefore, now you have to manage sending your inventory to Amazon FBA and now managing sending your inventory to Walmart so they can do fulfillment. And now you have more complexity. You need an inventory management system, right? So sometimes that's great, but sometimes it's very complicated. But back to your point about Shopify. So for example, like, yes, we did all channels for our last brand. This brand is just Amazon because we want every product that we put forth now to have its best foot forward. And we know that the Amazon space has a market share of this product of maybe two, three, four hundred thousand $400,000 a month. If all I do is think about that, I'm going to grow my sales faster by trying to get market share for that product as opposed to trying to diversify in Google. So for example, if I start doing ads in Google, I sell a $15 item and I pay $1.50, $2 per click. Well, an e-commerce conversion rate on Shopify might be 3 to 5% versus Amazon, it might be 30 to 50%. And my click costs are lower. So I don't have to pay as much to get traffic. The, the product converts better. People trust Amazon, trust the return. So that example would be like, oh, I could go into Shopify, no doubt. But I don't have a YouTube to drive people to my website. All I have is Google, which means paid traffic and maybe some SEO, right? Maybe some affiliate links. So is the juice worth the squeeze? And that's always the question. Like if I, if I go after this and build out a Shopify store, it's not if you build it, they will come. It's if you build it, great start. Now you got to find a way to get traffic to it and then you got to get them to buy. And, and so that science, I think replicated over and over and over is a lot easier on Amazon for anyone who wants to just start out in, in entrepreneurship or even in earning a passive income or being in e-commerce for the first time. Yeah, that's great. I'm glad we went there. Uh, also, another thing you talked about before we started recording was that in your your experience, Amazon wasn't, e, you know, it, or e-commerce in general, isn't necessarily very passive like so many people think and expect. Can you go into a little bit on that? Yeah, yeah. I think for me, um, I, I do and did have an aggressive mindset to, to grow and build a brand, which meant launch a product. We've got to make sure that one still grows, but we're going to launch another product. We've got to make sure that one grows. We're going to launch another product, right? So that's re that's recurring work in itself. But if I stop doing that work after three products, I could enjoy a pretty nice day. You know, if I kept my business simple, if it was just an FBA business and the product was great and I had a good cost structure and I marketed the product well, you can, you can sit back and watch your product do $1,000 a day in sales and, and go to the beach, Absolutely. You know, uh, Amazon takes care of most of the customer service, but the key here is set it and forget it. Right. And so, you know, as well as I do, if you leave something on your shelf over time or on your dresser, it gets dusty. Well, great. You need to clean it off. Well, that's a little bit of work, right? So that's, you're right. It's not, it is, it is passive, but it's not pure passive because you have to send the next shipment into Amazon. You need to coordinate with your manufacturer, send them a purchase order. You need to scrounge your bank account for enough cash to make your down payment. 
You need to coordinate with logistics to get the product here on time. Crap, 20 of them are damaged, right? So all of that. But then it's Amazon's warehouse and you go, all right, I'm good. Well, not always because then they get returns, things break, right? So so yes and no. Hopefully that makes sense because we we, we briefly spoke, it was, it is and it isn't. And that's the message. It is and it isn't. I mean, it makes sense because it's like a, definitely a lot of work up front, but any business really is unless personally and after doing this for so long, you know, the only thing that really is passive is passive investing, using your money, like you said, to send it out there and to work for you, investing and getting a return. You don't have to do anything other than write a check, right? Even real estate, which is my primary passive income is not passive. I still have to meet with my property manager. I still have to, you know, I had to get involved when the, the water heater went down and I had to call the company to get them out. But, you know, 100%. like little things yep. are still there, but it is pretty passive. I mean, I don't have to deal with the tenants. And so that's nice, but you know, it's, it's definitely nice to have that time freedom and to also know that you're going to make a pretty good living every day for the most part. And if you want to take your kids to the beach and go have fun, you can be making money while you're playing at the beach. Like that vision, exactly. I think is what drives so many people. I think you're yep. unique because you're like, yeah, well, I ain't going to stop there. <laughs> Let's, <laughs> keep Let's just see where this can yeah. go. Right. I love that. Yeah. I mean, that's what makes you a serial entrepreneur. You know, like that's, that's what a lot of people have is that fire to just keep going. And why not? You're young, you're you're passionate, like why stop? You know, who wants to be playing pickleball with, <laughs> with retirees? <laughs> I well, it was it. tough. The first, for the first six months, Lindsay, it was, you know, like, oh, I get up when I want, you know, I chose what I want for breakfast. Maybe I'd hang out drinking coffee. Maybe I'd, you know, go play pickleball, whatever. Like it was really weird. And then I would come home, take a nap, lay on the couch with my kids during quiet time. And my wife would be like, what are you doing? Like, you're a lost puppy, you know? And I'm like, I know I, it feels so good not to have to do anything, but I don't know what to do. (laughs) (laughs) You're reminding me of Robert Kiyosaki's story. I can't remember which book it was. He was saying like, after he sold his Velcro wallet business, he goes, I was bouncing around with my wife at the kitchen. I didn't know what to do with myself. It took him over a year to just figure it out. And then he kind of finally figured it out what he wanted. It makes sense. What you're saying is true. I think a lot of people experience that. It's good to share. So when you you have, you know, when you don't have to work, right, why work? And I think the answer is God made us all to do, to to live and to to contribute to this world, the gifts and talents he's given us. And, and so like my wife's like, yeah, you should, you should be like the guy in the Bible that just goes and takes the cash and buries it in the ground and leaves it there. And I said, no, you know what happened to that guy? The servant sent him away and said, you know, be on, be gone. If I can't trust you with a little bit, you could at least put that in the bank and earn a little interest, right? Like that's one extreme. The other extreme is, you know, it's about the parable of the talents and the talents, the guy got five coins and from this master and the other guy got two and the other guy got one because they were given according to what their talents, what what their skills and capabilities were, right? And so if I'm a five talent guy, if I've been given five talents, it's the expectation for me to take my talents and double them. It's not, it's not the right thing for me to do to bury it in the ground and hope that no one ever finds it. Like it's, it's meant to be used. Right. And so it, it went from sitting around for six months to being way too busy for the next six months. And, and now finally, after my spring break, about two weeks ago, I've come back with this new energy. It's like, what's most fun and what, um, 
needs to be done, you know, and that's kind of my thing, but I do have some goals still. So anyway, I didn't mean to cut you off. I think your power, the power of what you said, and you said this early on was your goal. You and your wife had the goal of having the choice. You have the choice of what you do with your time. You have the choice of what you do with your money. And you're at a point now where that's really the critical key element is that you get Mm. to choose what you do each day. And yeah, you might bumble around for a while, but then you finally go, okay, now I've got a vision. God's given me my my clarity. I know what I'm doing. I'm here to serve. I'm going to help others get this. And that's what you're doing now. And I think that's really cool. Um, let's talk about that. Let's talk about how we, how you help others. Like what are the actual steps that you walk people through? Yeah, I think what we're seeing now with this, so I'm not sure how much you followed what we call an aggregator, right? An aggregator in the Amazon space right now is a group of private equity, uh, investors and teams, that raise capital and go out and buy Amazon businesses like mine or smaller or bigger. And they buy one and they buy two and they buy 10 and they buy 50, right? And so the biggest ones, there's over a hundred of these, but the biggest ones have, have bought over a hundred, 150 brands that they're rolling together to operate as one company with multiple brands. And so until this point in time, this is where supply and demand really shows its true colors. You have a hundred buyers and you have thousands and thousands of sellers, but these hundred buyers all have money. And so they're all willing to buy your great business. So what we do now is I ran a process to actually, when we, when we started the business, we grew the business. I wanted to be a part of selling the business. This is my first sale. I've done buys. Uh, I bought other businesses, but this is my first sale. And I wanted to do the process. So instead of hiring a broker, I ran a process to reach out to over 30 different aggregators and I got six offers and we chose the best offer after negotiation. We saved a whole bunch of money by not paying a broker and I increased the value by running a bidding war, right? And so what we help do is two things. One is help brands that have got to the point where they are ready to sell. We help them exit. But the most important thing I think what gets us excited is brands that helping humans like you, like anyone, that have a, a personality and a heartbeat and a passion and a product, they want to get to that next level. They want to grow, but they also want to have that payday. So we help them, Amazon e-commerce brands, take that next step, grow their business, increase their value, and then someday exit. And so for doing that, we act as kind of like a broker advisor, but mostly a, a partner. And and so that's, and I wrote a book about this, actually, it's called Aggregator Navigator. For those that are Amazon e-commerce sellers, definitely encourage you to read it. For those that are Amazon wannabes that want to understand the potential maybe that you could exit your business, it's a great read because it'll help anyone kind of get in that mindset of building value in your business. It's available on Amazon. Okay. I'll have a question for you because that's, I'm the interviewer. So I'm the one with the questions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, of course I have the questions. After I said it, I was like, that was dumb. (laughs) Um, Okay. I have a question. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But you got me thinking about something Um, when it comes to uh, your whole process. What do you say to people who may be like me or maybe have uh, an investment and they're thinking about doing something like right now, for example, a lot of people are looking at taking their money out of the stock market but they don't want to sit on it. They don't want to pay all those taxes. I mean, they're looking at that. What about buying an Amazon store that needs help, right? Do you help people find Amazon stores that are like tottering on weak little legs, but have potential and then build it up and sell it? Yes. (laughs) 
Okay. Yes. I'll let, yeah. Tell us more about that. Like, how do you do that? Yeah. So it's interesting, right? Like I could go buy these, we could go buy these and do that ourselves. And, and that comes and you need cash and it comes with risk, right? Cause you're deploying some cash. If you were to buy those and fix them up and sell them, that's just like flipping houses. We, we, I have a, a business investment that helps we provide cash to help people uh, rehab their homes. We finance hundred percent of the property and the rehab. So it's very similar to that in the business world for Amazon brands. But I, I think we kind of like the, the mix of both. We like to help people that pay us to help them. So we take away the risk, we can resource it, but then we get paid when we help them sell as opposed to writing a hundred thousand or 200,000 or $500,000 check and hope that we grow it and sell it. We can get, two to five to seven grand a month to be along for the ride. And, and that's sort of our business model, right? So, th so that's allowed us to really help understand, but don't get me wrong. We have a client right now that there's two partners and they have a great business and a great brand. And one partner wants out because he wants to move uh, to where he grew up and his, his wife's moving there, you know, in three months when, or two months when school's out. And so he's kind of one, one foot out the door and he's like, I know we're going to sell, but if you don't, if, if you don't buy me out, I'm going to try to insist that we take any offer we get. So if you buy me out for a little bit of money now, you can keep growing it and sell when it's the most valuable. And that opportunity came from the fact that we brought them on as a client. Right. And so we never know how these things are going to go. So I think, I think the simple answer is continue to learn, continue to ask questions. I make myself available brandedseller.com. Uh, you'll, you can, a link. I talk with anyone for free about how, how, where they are in their brand and what the potential is to sell it and what the potential is to grow it. I just love connecting with people. So that's how I help others. And, and, and I do that for free until we understand what can be done. Right. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. I love this. This is great. You're like a business broker for Amazon retailers. Like that's basically what you are, but you, but you also do it in an affordable way that helps people grow and sell. And it's a consulting kind of quasi thing altogether. It's really neat. It's so unique too. And I'm loving it. <laughs> well, we, we have a building now it's uh, 12,000 square feet. We're moving into one probably in a month. That's double that size. And it's hard because like that warehouse needs to have product in it. And you, know, you need to have more business to fill your building. And, and so it's this fine line of, you know, helping others and seeing your business grow to, planning and cash flow and all these things like you know right now it's like anyway makes sense. a little a little tangential yeah it's great i mean it's really awesome conversation i'm loving this where this has gone and i'm i'm just stoked it's just such a unique um conversation it's not something everybody's talking about you know <laughs> it's uh it's definitely something that's different so i'm grateful to have you cuz we're bringing this to the public you know in a different way um yeah. Okay. So let's wrap up. So tell us a little bit, well, you kind of told us where we can find you, but I guess uh, one other question, by the way, do you have a tech tip for us? Like something that maybe has been a, a certain technology that's really helped you grow your businesses in Amazon specifically, other than like the, the Amazon reseller space or, or no, I mean, you may not. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great question because you need data and insights to be good at identifying products to, to, to go find. And so there's a couple newer tools. One I haven't used that it looks amazing called data drive, but it's, it's really about going deep into understanding the insights that make 
the economics work, right? So that's that's called keywords, having the right keywords on the product to, to attract attention for relevancy of that product. But understanding if if your product that you're going to launch or want to launch even has a chance, we use a tool, a number of tools, but uh, Helium 10 is one that we, we use to track pretty much all of our keywords across the product, but ranking on those keywords against competitors. And, and the important piece here is, if you don't understand what's driving your sales, then, then it's a hope and a prayer that you that your product sells. But if you understand how it's doing, you can manage it. So for us, that means spending money on keywords that make sense and, and losing money on those keywords because we know that's the 10X keyword that we need to rank for. And so we'll spend money on the number one keyword with the hopes we'll get our product to the top of the page, right? So those are little things, but there are a lot of Amazon tools. There's more every single day, but the tech space is flooded with amazing, amazing products and brands uh, of people that were former sellers like me that, that are smarter than me that have hired data scientists to build amazing things. So very tech cool. is very important. I agree. Well, thank you so much. This has just been amazing. I'm so grateful we we connected. And uh, everybody go find Josh, at least read the book if you're interested in taking this to the next level. We will put the link in the show notes. And thanks again for joining us. This has been great. Thanks for having me, Lisa. It was fun. I love I love the conversations that are you know directed around actions and takeaways and reality. So well done asking the great questions. Thanks for your time. <laughs> Thank you. If you like mommy, so leave a review. Thank you so much for being a loyal listener. I am truly grateful for you. And if this podcast has inspired you in any way, head over to iTunes and leave a written review. I would appreciate it so much. Thanks for tuning in and thanks for helping to spread the word by sharing this show with your friends.